You are listening to the Catholic Thinkers Podcast, a free treasury of instruction in the Catholic intellectual tradition. If you enjoy this lecture, please visit us at catholicthinkers.org forward slash donate. This is uh, Father James Scholl. I should like to continue with the series on the introduction to political philosophy. And we will do uh, number 17 and 18, which will be on the two presentations on St. Thomas's famous treatise on the law. And we'll only deal with the questions uh, 90 to 97. Uh, you can usually find a small uh, paperback book uh, with a text on that, or it's online. Uh, so it's going to be usually called the treatise on the law. It'll be the Prima Secundae, question 90, articles 1 to uh, 7, I think. Now, there are some books on St. Thomas. So St. Thomas, is, as we see, is about 800 years after St. Augustine. So we're dealing with a, a, a long period of time in which the Roman Empire, in some sense, uh, uh, disintegrates. In another sense, it remains as a total cultural presence but present in each different country which evolves out of the Roman Empire. So as the barbarians, so-called, uh, gradually settle into the empire and learn the language and the customs, uh, they become uh, the, the what we know as France and Germany and Belgium and Holland, Poland, all of these countries, Spain. Uh, and uh, so here we're dealing with uh, what, in effect, is a discussion of St. Thomas. Uh, on uh, St. Thomas now has a part of a commentary on Aristotle's politics and a complete commentary on Aristotle's ethics. I might say there are two very uh, good and short books on St. Thomas that one uh, ought to read. One of them is Joseph Pieper's book, which is called A Guide to St. Thomas, and the other one uh, is D.K. Chesterton's book, on St. Thomas Aquinas. So they're both well worthwhile reading to get some sense of the overall brilliance of St. Thomas. Now, St. Thomas, of course, is a vast ocean of knowledge. Uh, we are only reading a tiny, tiny, tiny portion of St. Thomas, and uh, he really needs to be treated with much more uh, attention uh, because he covers almost every subject known to man. Now, this treatise on the laws is found in Aquinas' Summa Theologiae. This book uh, was intended, the whole book was intended to be an introduction to beginners in theology and philosophy. It, however, contains three massive uh, volumes or tomes and over 4,000 pages, so you can see uh, what a vast enterprise it is. The three volumes are designated as follows. They're called the Prima Secundae. You can see it as part one, uh, one Roman and one of the, uh, the next book is divided into two parts, which is usually called the Prima Secundae, the first part of the second part, and the Secunda Secundae, the second part of the second part, and then the third volume, uh, which is uh, not completed, uh, which goes up only into question 90, so St. Thomas 
as you know, died in 1274 as a relatively young man. He was indeed uh, 49 years old when he died. So the treatise on the laws in the Prima Secundae, in that section where you're talking about the return of God, uh, return of man to God, and the law is one of the one of the aids, so to speak, of returning a man to God. And so this this treaty, the second part of the treatise on the laws, the questions from ninety eight to uh, I think it's one hundred and nine, all deal with the new law or with the New Testament, as opposed to the old law. And so he has questions also on both the old law and the new law. We'll see that in a bit. Probably as much has been written about St. Thomas as any other thinker. Indeed, he was the first and probably only man ever to be canonized in the church for simply thinking. St. Thomas uh, commented on most of the books of Aristotle, including the Ethics, the Metaphysics, the De Anima, and others. He has another summa, uh, usually uh, designated as Summa Contra Gentilis, uh, which had for its uh, to do mainly with Muslim thought. His more elaborate uh, considerations are usually called Questiones Disputate, and they are, as a disputed question, they were in the form of a, of a debate, really, and they were on such topics as evil and the power of God and other things like that. Uh, and he, then St. Thomas wrote all kinds of other shorter treatises, commentaries on scriptures, and so forth. <clears throat> it is worth your while uh, to go to uh, a library uh, that has the works of St. Thomas uh, at the standard uh, standard opera omnia, collected works, uh, and just take a look. Uh, or you can find much of this online also. But just and, and also in translation. But he has translated into almost all languages. But it's worthwhile just taking a look at the uh, size that he has done. He actually only was, only lived in his productive years for about 20, 25 years. He started writing when he was about 22, and he died when he was 49. Uh, actually, uh, uh, St. Thomas's Latin uh, is relatively easy. It's a relatively easy language. Latin to understand. Latin is no way easy. <clears throat> in the Prima Par, the first book devoted of the Summa is devoted to God. Uh, it's devoted to his existence, to his attributes, plus all things that proceed from God, including man and his uh, interior structure. The Secunda Pars uh, is uh, uh, devoted to the return of all things to God. And the, tercia, and the treatise on the laws, uh, St. Thomas always tells you exactly where he is in the order of knowledge uh, when dealing with any topic. And this is located in the Prima Secundae. And here, uh, following, in some sense, Aristotle, St. Thomas uh, goes through a man's last end and then his powers to achieve it, and then the uh, inner uh, active life, his active life. You'll remember, as we saw in Simone, 
that there was a contemplative life and an active life, so that the law will deal with man's active life where he's achieving, attempting to achieve his happiness. Finally, Aquinas creates what is called uh, the external principles of human action. So the internal principles of human action are human will, human reason, human emotions, and our habits. The exterior ones, the first one, will be those outside influences uh, which will guide us, one of which is the law, and the other one which is grace. And this little book that you have, the generally speaking, the book that most people have on the treatise on the law, um, uh, it only deals with the first part of the question. So question 98 to 108, as I mentioned, are his understanding of the old law or the Old Testament and the new law, the New Testament and the epistles. These two are conceived as external aids to achieve our end. As I mentioned, the Summa is broken up into a long series of specific questions. What is law? What is justice? And they are always phrased in this form of questions. So you begin by asking, well, what is this thing? And then St. Thomas will respond to that. The answers to the question are usually broken down into three or four parts uh, so that we can gradually see the argument uh, that establishes the position. To understand a thing, one must also understand the arguments against something. And these will be the first things seen, usually designated as objections 1, 2, and 3. So when you look at the text, we'll begin by a statement about what we're dealing with, and then we'll say that there are objections to this, and these will be classic objections, and they will state them in syllogistic form. And then there will be an argument from authority um, that's usually called sed contra in Latin, uh, uh, which is in favor of the truth uh, of the question, but it comes from uh, Aristotle or Augustine or Scripture, as intended to show the truth of the point, but on, from the viewpoint of authority, although one is expected to know that there is an argument for it. And following this will be St. Thomas's own uh, position on the question uh, in law, and it will generally be called respondio descendum quad, or I answer that. So when he answers that, that's his opinion, his position on the law. All of this will be in the form of a, syllogis a syllogistic argument, that is, a major premise, uh, all men, uh, for example, are mortal, a uh, minor premise, that is, say, Socrates is a man, and conclusion, therefore, Socrates is, is mortal. When one understands the terms and the uh, connection, the conclusion is necessary. So see, remember Simon's explanation of this earlier. You will notice, for instance, that question 90 is devoted to the famous definition of the law. It takes each part of the definition and devotes a considerable uh, consideration and argument for it, so that at the end of the fourth article, we have the complete definition 
and we know why each part is there and necessary. What follows is the answer of St. Thomas to each of the objections that were given in the beginning uh, in, order, in, in their order and in the light of St. Thomas's own answer. So therefore, the objections are taken seriously and they are responded to. So you don't understand the thing unless you understand also the objections to a thing. So, so St. Thomas then will give his answer to these questions. Now, question 91 uh, proceeds to ask the different kinds of law, eternal law, human law, divine law, and the law of disorder, or fomites. And question 91.4 is the classic a question about whether, in addition to reason, it is necessary, I say helpful, that there be any other law, divine law, that is. Remember, eternal and divine law are not the same thing, as you will see. So there'll be a question on eternal law in question 91 and a question on divine law. A divine law asks about whether uh, there is a, a positive revelation uh, after the creation of man. Eternal law refers to the knowledge within the Godhead about the order of things outside of God and the, and the cosmos. Then. Question 92 uh, asks about the effects of law. It basically asks only two questions. One about whether the purpose of law is to make men good, and the second asks about the uh, acts of the law, that is, it commands, permits, and prohibits. The basic philosophical tool is the ability to make a distinction, to know the, uh, to know the difference between this thing and that thing. Question 93 and following go back and take up each of the laws that were mentioned in question 91. He now considers uh, them separately. Question 93 is about the eternal law. Basically, it asks about God's knowledge of natural and human acts. We saw some of this in the Augustine book. Aquinas was a very was very familiar with Augustine uh, as he was of Aristotle and Cicero. Question 94 deals with the famous question of natural law. Question 96 with human law, that is to say, that is what we considered in Simon's book, the human law, the law that comes from a given polity. Human or positive law, or civil law, means whether there is a law needed beyond uh, reason itself, and if so, what is its uh, source, that is, the polis. Question 96, well, that was question 95, question 96 asks about the power of law, and it is a very important question. 
Question 96, Article 2, is uh, also an important question about whether human law should suppress all vices or, or prescribe all virtue. And what that question 97 asked, uh, what that would entail if it did that. And question 97 asked about the change of law. When and if laws should be changed, uh, do they always need to be changed? I might add a conclusion here in the beginning that St. Thomas has a very interesting comment in his prologue in the Summa Theologiae about learning. He says that many things can prevent us from learning. One of the main things is a multiplicity of useless questions, articles, and arguments. The student is overwhelmed with everything being thrown at him at once with no way to ask uh, what is a, a more or less important uh, question. A second reason is that each discipline has its proper order of learning, uh, but this is not uh, always treated or presented. <clears throat> Instead, we are given a text uh, with its own agenda, or we listen to a lecture with its own uh, thesis, and we never get to think about the subject matter as such. Finally, what prevents us from easily uh, learning uh, are too frequent repetitions, uh, which uh, generate a kind of confusion and boredom in the uh, uh, souls of the hearers or the students. What the mind seeks uh, is an order uh, that corresponds to something uh, we recognize in our own souls as needing attention in order that we might know. But of course, if we have uh, no questions or uh, curiosities in our own souls, all of the summa uh, in the summa in the world or orders of things will be are useless. So you have to have some desire to know. And Aquinas takes things step, one step at a time. He is a succinct, uh, precise teacher. It is the kind of reading that asks the student to pay attention, read carefully, and to understand. So this is my general beginning on this, and I will want to take up a little bit further in the next uh, presentation the definition of the law and the various kinds of the law. So what I ask is that you begin to read carefully and notice this is not very long, it's only about 100 pages and broken up into very clear structure. Uh, the uh, treatise of these questions on the treatise on the law. So that will be enough for this present uh, moment. We hope you enjoyed listening to Catholic Thinkers. Please visit us at catholicthinkers.org forward slash donate to help us keep this content free.